0: Welcome into another edition of the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast. It's a Monday morning. It's corner three. Jared Stansbury and Scott Christofferson ready to break down uh, some Iowa State basketball after the Cyclones' 79-70 win over Texas on Saturday at Hilton Coliseum. Uh, one of the most complete games I think that Iowa State has played this entire year. Uh, and then we'll look ahead to tomorrow night when the Cyclones will go down to Lubbock and take on the Texas Tech Red Raiders. Scott, what's up this week, my man?
1: Not much. Yeah. Great game on Saturday. Excited, uh, excited for this week. It's tomorrow night against Texas tech is kind of the last one of the, I think the real gauntlet of the big 12 play for the cyclones. And then, you know, I don't want to say it gets easier as we saw on Saturday, anyone can beat anyone, but uh, I think the cyclones are going to have a chance to maybe get on a little bit of a roll, put a couple of winning streaks together, hopefully, uh, and, and get hot going into the media conference play. Absolutely.
0: Um, man, I, I think that we got to start with, uh, with Gabe Kalcher from this game. Uh, Gabe goes eight to 16 from the field, six of 12 from three for 22 points, had three assists, two rebounds. Um, man, it, when Gabe plays that way, uh, Iowa state is as good as any team in this league, I think. And especially when you get a game where Isaiah Brockington doesn't play his best. I mean, it was, a bounce back performance I think would be or I don't even know if it's a bounce back performance because he played pretty well against Kansas too it's just like these last two games man I think we're seeing the really good side of Gabe and you can see him doing a much better job with this shot and uh, it's been fun to watch because you can just see that he's making that improvement from game to game
1: yeah I, I thought he really built off of what he what he did in the Kansas game and and to me the biggest thing for Gabe was just simplifying things for himself a little bit. And that's not a a slight at him in any way. I mean, I think any player, I don't care if you're Isaiah Brockington or the ninth or 10th guy on the bench, when the game gets simplified for you, what happens is it starts to slow down. And when you watch Gabe shoot, you can tell he's ready to shoot before the ball gets there. So then when it gets there, it's a quick in rhythm, confident shot, but he's not having to prepare as the ball is there, he's already ready for it. And I think, you know, just kind of those, uh, you know, shoulders square feet set looks are getting him in a rhythm. And then all of a sudden you see him start to hit one in transition, or you see him hit a one dribble pull up or to put the ball on the floor a couple of times and either get to a floater, or, you know, he had a couple of nice passes the other day. So, you know, we knew that he was a better shooter than what he had been shooting. I mean, he played at Minnesota for a long time and was an above 30% three point shooter, I think 33, 34%. And I think we're starting to see what type of player he's capable of being when that confidence gets there. And for me, it's just he simplified things for himself, slowed down a little bit, which has helped him play a little bit faster when his opportunities present themselves.
0: And it seems like he is being more deliberate about getting his feet set and his uh, getting his shoulder square, but he's not doing it in like a way where it's weird. Like you catch the ball and then you're setting your feet. Like, no, like he's ready for the ball. He's ready to shoot the ball. And he's, but he's not like out of control with it. And I just, like I said, it's really impressive because he was, I mean, that Baylor game was, was, not good. He did not it's play good, play it's well it's in good. the Baylor game, and it, it would have been really easy for a kid to start to feel bad for himself and be like, "Man, whatever I'm doing isn't working," and all those kinds of things. And he just stuck stuck with it, and he kept working, and finally you start to see that come out on the floor, and um, you know you hope that he can maintain it. The odds that he's going to shoot. Fifty percent from three in uh, for the rest of the season are not very high, but at the end of the day, like just to where you can knock down a couple shots. I mean, you see what that does for Iowa State's offense and how that opens things up, not just for him, but for Tyrese to go and, and get into the paint for Isaiah Bracken to get into the paint. Like it just it elevates Iowa State's ceiling so much. I mean, I think they jumped forty spots in Ken Palm uh, in adjusted offense after the game and that's, I think as much as anything, that's because Gabe was able to knock down shots, you know?
1: Yeah. Well, and it's, you know, kind of the old adage, what comes first, the chicken or the egg. I, I think Tyrese Hunter has really come on in the last several games as well. His floor yeah. game has really gone to another level. And so, you know, was it Gabe's shooting that allowed that to happen or was it Tyree, you know, or both working hand in hand, but it's, we saw a different, level for this team, in my opinion, on Saturday, uh, uh they've been a good defensive team all year. Um, I thought they were solid in that game, but we're, we're starting, we saw a team on Saturday that looked as cohesive on the offensive end as they have on the defensive end and what it can look like when Tyrese is playing a flawless floor game and Gabe is really shooting the basketball well. And what you saw is a team that went out of its way to take Isaiah out of the game in every player that played led by Gabe Kelsure, but every player, even down through, you know, Rob Jones and found ways to contribute, you know, four to eight points. And, and, and I think to me, for me with Gabe in particular, Gabe needs to be a guy that gets eight to 14 a game for this team and shoots 40% or better from the floor. And we know he's capable of getting hot and going for bunches, you know, 25, 30 points. He's probably not going to do that night in and night out. The next step for him, and we've talked about this with other guys, Anna Runa with Caleb grill is just stacking these performances back to back to back. So like you play Texas tech, that's going to be a little bit more of a grinded out, you know, rock fight style of game. Can you still get eight or 10 or 12 off of six or seven shots? that's when this team will go to another level, when the the efficiency of of some of their more prominent players starts to go up and really happy for Gabe. You know, it's a testament, like you said, to his belief in himself and sticking with it. It's good to see him start, you know, pouring these in in bunches, and hopefully he's able to ride this into a a little bit more of a steady offensive presence, because I agree with you. When you can count on him to shoot 33% from the three-point line and get you, let's say, 10 to 12 in a game, this is a different team. So it's a team that can finish in the top three or four spots in the big 12 and maybe even flirt with, you know, making a run at the league, depending on how, you know, how much everybody beats up on each other. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: And I, I'm glad that you brought up those role guys. I mean, Rob Jones goes four or four from the field. Uh, Trey Jackson was two for two jazz goes three for four. And like all of those were big buckets. It's not like they were just, random, you know, random moments or things like that. It's like they came at times when they really needed it. And that's how I think you're seeing Iowa State like round together. And that's what, you know, over the year, like they've been really good defensively all year. And we've talked about how you can continue to improve offensively. These guys are so comfortable in what their roles are. And they're so comfortable going out to be able to, to play the game that they need to, that now I think you're starting to see the puzzle it's like the puzzle pieces were turned the wrong way a little bit. And now you're seeing them turn and fall into place. And when you can do that, like you can be an above average to good offense. Like that's what I think we talked about on Friday. I was like, man, if you can just get to where you're above average to good offense, then you've got a really good chance to be really dangerous and be a, a sweet 16 type of team. And we saw that on Saturday, you know, and, and that's just those, those pieces coming together, guys continue to improve. And I think you're seeing improvement from guys game to game, not just Gabe, not just Isaiah, not just Tyrese, like everybody across the roster, you can see the improvement that they're each making individually game by
1: game. Yeah. And, and I think kind of tacking onto what we talked about that I think led to some of Gabe's success, just simplifying the game for everybody, you know, Trey Jackson, come in and and you're a guy that knocks down shots for this team. You initiate some offense and then you get out in some, you know, we've seen him get out in passing lanes and create some offense that way. Caleb grill, you know, okay. His shot wasn't falling on Saturday. Like we know it can, but he finds a way to get out in transition and get a couple of baskets. He gets to the free throw line jazz and Aruna. I thought had a really productive, you know, game when he was in there, these guys don't need to be world beaters every game. We don't, we don't need Caleb grill to get 20 but can you find a way to get five a game, six a game, seven a game on your in your 20 to 25 minutes? And then, yeah, when you go off and, and you're, you've got it going, like let's feed them. But that, to me, is what will take this offense to the next level. When these role players are able to find ways to get them four, six points in their 20 minutes in an efficient manner, whether that's defense transition, knocking down perimeter jump shots, offensive rebounding, it it now you're a lot harder to guard and it's a lot harder to just be set on. All right, we're going to, going to take Isaiah away and we don't think the rest of the guys can get to 65. That's what Texas did. Essentially. That was their plan on Saturday and Iowa state made them pay for it.
0: Yeah. And I, you know, I'm sure there will still be some nights where that will come into play, but it just is. I've just been so impressed with this group of guys and I mean, the staff, the way that they've been able to, foster development we've not seen that here uh in recent years at least in season you know and you can just see guys improving game after game that's just it's so much fun to watch that because that's part of what makes college basketball great i think is being able to watch these young guys just continue to grow um they got a different kind of test tomorrow night you you talked about it the rock fight uh you know we know how that first game went between these two teams. Uh, nothing was pretty about it. I don't envision anything being pretty about it tomorrow. Uh, Texas Tech coming off a tough loss, though, had to go on the road and uh, and lost to Kansas State in the Octagon of Doom, uh, which, again, speaks to the depth of this league. But, man, I'm interested to see how Iowa State does the second time around against Texas Tech. It's hard to simulate that when you've never played it before, you know, in practice and to be prepared for it when you're going to play it that first time. Well, now they have played it. How does, how do things change now that you've got that second time around?
1: Yeah. I'm glad that Iowa state has had a chance to play them. I'm also glad that they've had a chance to go on the road and play in some tough environments. Mm -hmm. So, you know, they'll be able to take this a little bit more in stride. I don't think it'll be a quite a a shock to the system. I mean, I think this game's pretty simple as far as what you got to get done. You got to find a way to either win or break even on the boards. You got to win the turnover battle. You got to get to the free throw line more than they do. And you got to win the points in the paint. Cause this, this isn't going to be pretty, this isn't going to be a shooting expose. It's not going to be ball movement all over the floor, slicing and dicing them up. You're not going to crush them in transition unless you get a bunch of turnovers. So, you know, how many paint touches can you manufacture and then how good can we get? can, Can we get to the free throw line? Can we finish in the paint? And can we get to gosh, I think, I feel like 60 would win this game. I really do. So to me, that's, and then offensively, this team will feed off of, and this crowd will feed off of careless turnovers that turn into dunks on the opposite end. So how many, how few of those can we have? That's, that's the recipe. It's a simple recipe. That doesn't mean it's an easy recipe to execute it. It's, it'll be difficult. How, so I was on the
0: zoom with TJ earlier, and this is something that he was kind of brought up, but I mentioned, or he kind of was talking about, but I'm interested from a player's perspective. How difficult is it offensively? when a team is not allowing you to catch the ball where you want to catch it, they're pushing you off of where you want to be. They're not allowing you to cut to where you want to cut to. I mean, just how, how hard is that to play against for 40 minutes where, and how frustrating can it be as a player to play for that against that for 40 minutes?
1: Yeah, it's difficult. I mean, I I think the biggest thing is when you don't catch the ball in the spots that you want to catch it in, everything takes an extra dribble. And when you've got a team with this sort of speed, this sort of length, and they're that good with the rotations that extra dribble is a lot of times taking away your airspace to get your shot off or to set up another guy for a pass. So, you know, again, it's, it's not going to be pretty, but they've just, they've got to find ways to get the ball where they want to get it to, to me, if Tyrese can have the guy that can really be the difference maker from the first time they played to now is Tyrese because if he plays the type of game that we saw him play on Saturday where Texas couldn't really press and disrupt Iowa state's offense because Tyrese wouldn't let them. If he can be the type of guy that gets out in passing lanes, creates some easy baskets for them in transition. Like we've seen him, handle their pressure, get to his spots the way that he can with his speed and quickness. And then his decision-making going to the level that it's gone the last couple of games. That's probably the guy that I look at and say, if they're going to win this game, he's got to have a ball game for them because I, they're going to make life tough on Isaiah. He still needs to find a way to get 15 or so and, and get himself to the foul line, post-ups, whatever the case may be. But to me, the guy that can really make this thing go for them and disrupt what Texas Tech is going to try to do some to some degree is Tyrese. What, what do you want to see them do differently from the first time around? I would like to see them throw the ball into the post and into the high post to a guy like Isaiah. I just, I, I don't think you're going to, when they get you on the side, I don't think you're just going to dribble drive this team. They they, 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 they essentially turn it into a matchup zone at that point. They're long. They're great with their hands. They're physical. They, they've built a defense to as take away the modern day college basketball dribble drive offense. So I think, you've got to be a little bit innovative. You've got to throw some looks at them. They haven't seen. And I, I I look at a guy like Isaiah and say, how many times can we get the ball to him at the elbow? Once it's on a side, how many times can we slide him into the post and get the ball into him there? Cause he's the guy that can score it. He can get to the free throw line and he's good enough with the ball to see the rest of the floor. And I think that's where your inside outlooks looks to your three point shooters and things like that are going to come from. That is what I would try to do. Uh, in this game in the context of, yes, you're going to run some of your normal stuff. You don't just scrap your entire offense, but I look at, I'm watching the first game and saying, all right, that's a spot. I think that we can get the ball to, to maybe break this defense down a little bit more than what they're used to. For sure. All right, man,
0: a little bit shorter podcast. It's a lot easier to talk about them after they win, isn't it?
1: It is. That was a fun game to watch. Uh, You know, I don't know. I I I was hopeful that we would get that type of a performance out of them, and I think after seeing that against Texas, um, you know you you think going forward, man, if they can if they can build off of that, it's not going to be that pretty every game, and they're not going to shoot fifty whatever percent they shot. But if you can build off of that, and that can become a little bit more of the style of play that we see offensively, this team's going to run up some wins in this league, and and. Mm -hmm. You know, as we saw on Saturday, this team's, this league's going to eat itself a little bit too. So, you know, that was a, that was an encouraging game.
0: Absolutely, buddy. All right, we'll talk to you uh, later on in the week before we uh, look ahead to TCU and to recap this Texas Tech game. Sound good? Sounds good. All right. Thanks everybody for listening. We'll talk to you again soon. Peace.